This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. We have a rather interesting topic to discuss. It is entitled, Nothing But All. Nothing But All. It's based on a story from the Old Testament. I think it will be a benefit to you. I have been offering a free Bible correspondence course. This course is designed to help an individual learn how uh, God, uh, ex what God expects us to do today, that we might be pleasing to Him, and how we become children of God. I'd encourage you to, to get ready to take the telephone number down and to call, or either that, you can write us. We'll send the Bible course to you absolutely free of charge. Now, what we'd like to do right now is to pause just briefly so that you can learn how to receive the free Bible correspondence course. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'd like to read now from the book of 2 Kings. I'll be reading from chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me. What do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, and then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her sons, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There's not another vessel. So they all ceased. And then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil. Pay your debt. You and your sons live on the rest. To me, that's one of those interesting accounts out of the Old Testament. My family moved to Mobile, Alabama in 1959. That time, I was about 16 years of age. My dad was moving to the Mobile, Alabama area to go to work at Brookley Field as a civil employee. It took some time for him to get that job, and we had some pretty difficult days there for a while. As a matter of fact, I remember one weekend, on Sunday morning, all Dad had in his pocket was $2. He had a decision to make. 
Do I save those $2 and maybe try to buy something to feed the family? Or do I give that $2 to the Lord today? He made the decision when we went to worship that day to put that $2 in the collection plate, knowing that that was all the money that he had. Would you believe the very next day he received a check in the mail for $25 that he had not expected? I, I am convinced that when you take what you have and you pour that out, God is going to take it, and God can do something great with it. Our story from 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, reveals that truth. Here's a widow who cried out because her sons were going to be made slaves until, because she was in debt. And she was asking the question, what in the world am I going to do? So the prophet asked her, well, let me ask you a question. What do you have in the house? Well, she said, all I have is just a pot of oil, jar of oil. Well, he said, Haley, what I want you to do, I want you to go out to all of your neighbors, and I want you to borrow all of the vessels that you can find, and you cut, bring them back, and I want you to take that jar of oil that you have, that little pot of oil that you have, and you start pouring that into these vessels. And she did. And she filled up all of the vessels. The oil just kept coming out and coming out until she had filled up all of those vessels. And there wasn't another vessel in the house, so told her son, go get some more vessels. And he, in essence, said, there, there aren't any more vessels to borrow. So the prophet said, I tell you what I want you to do now. You go sell the oil. You pay the debt. And then you and your sons can live on what you have left over. This woman learned that when you take what you have and you pour that out for God, that he will take it and that he will do something wonderful with it. Now, that's not to say that we're not going to have problems in life because this woman had some problems. First of all, she was faced with a problem of death. Her husband had died. Her husband was one of the sons of the prophets. And as he had not prepared for what happened. He evidently had not prepared for his death because, you see, his widow was left in a very destitute state. I think it's regrettable that in years gone by that preachers have not been supported well enough that, that even when they die, sometimes you have to take up money in order to have a funeral for them. I think that's an indictment on those to whom, for whom they have been preaching. And so this woman was left with a lot of problems, and she was left in a very destitute state. She not only was faced with the problem of death, she was faced with the problem of loneliness. She didn't have anyone that she could turn to. And so what she did, she went to the man of God, now, and she asked for help. And, of course, this wasn't the first test this prophet had because, you see, Elisha knew a God who answered with fire. Loneliness is a very old problem. L loneliness goes back to the Garden of Eden. God saw that it was not good for the man that he had made to be without a companion. He saw that it was not good to be alone. 
David knew what loneliness was when he was running away from King Saul and he hid in a cave and he said, no man cared, but my soul had a lonely feeling. And no doubt our Lord felt loneliness while he was hanging on the cross and he was forsaken by God and forsaken by man and he cried and he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Paul understood about the nagging agony of loneliness when he was in, when a, in a Roman prison. And he wrote to Timothy in the second epistle, the fourth division, and he said, all men have forsaken me. No man has stood with me. But then with the very next sweep of the pen, he said, but the Lord stood with me. You see, he felt lonely, but then he realized that he really was not alone because God was with him. You see, this woman was faced with the problem of death. She was faced with the problem of loneliness. But she was also faced with the problem of oppression. She owed a debt that she could not pay. And the creditors come. They were going to take her sons and they were going to put them in prison until the debt was paid. She had nothing with which she could pay the debt. We, we might put it one, day, one way, she was down to the last straw. She, she was down to the, the, the bottom of the barrel. But let me tell you what this woman learned. This woman learned that the way up begins at the bottom of the pot. She learned that the way up begins when you take what you have and you pour that out. You get down to the bottom of the pot. And that's when the blessings of God began to come in. Now this woman made a great plea. And her plea was that she needed help. But, but she had a few bright hopes. She had some things going for her. First of all, her husband had a good name. He was a man who feared the Lord. And evidently he was a man highly respected in the community. Or else when... Uh, she asked for these vessels. They would not have been uh, eager to help. But I think it's obvious from that standpoint that she had a good name as well because the people were willing to grant her request. But what she did is she went to the man of God. You know, sometimes when we have problems, we go to the wrong person. We, we go to people that can't help us at all. Have you ever noted that? Have you ever done that? So sometimes we go to people who have as many problems as we have and we're trying to get them to help us. I've noticed people who may be going through some difficulty in their marriage go to someone who has a broken home and they're asking them for advice. Why, why would you go to someone with a broken home asking for advice about what you need to do in your home if you're having difficulties in your home? You're going to the wrong people. But she didn't go to the wrong person. She went to the right person to get help. She went to the point of her trouble. And the woman admitted her condition. Now, that's a difficult thing to do. She, she admitted that she was destitute. She admitted that she had nothing. She admitted that she was down as far as an individual could go. And she didn't try to put up a front. Sometimes we do. We may be in destitute condition, spiritually or materially, but we try to put up a front as though everything is fine, but not this woman. 
No, no. She admitted it. She admitted her needs. And this woman had some possession. She was asked the question, what do you have in the house? How, how, do, how would you have answered that? What do you have in the house? Well, she told Elisha, all, all that I have in the house is just this little jar of oil, this pot of oil. But I tell you, she had the one needful thing. But, but let's ask ourselves the question, what do you have in the house? Well, what's in your house? Look around. From, from a material standpoint, we have many things in our homes. We have televisions galore, VCRs, DVD players, computers, internet, nice furniture. Oh, we have a lot of things in our homes. Maybe you have wall-to-wall -wall carpet, hardwood floors. How blessed we are. Just look around in your home right now as you're watching this telecast. Aren't you blessed? Just what do you have in your house? But let me ask you something else. Do you have love in your house? Is there peace in your home? Is there a feeling in your home of people who love one another, work together? Or is there quarreling, fighting, bitterness in your home? Look around. Well, what do you have in your house? Elisha asked her, what do you have? What do you have? And she said, all I have is just a pot of oil. Well, somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, I don't have anything. Oh, yes, you do. You have yourself. You can give yourself to the Lord. In 2 Corinthians, the 8th chapter and verse 5, the scriptures read like this, This they did not as we had hoped, but first gave themselves unto the Lord and unto us by the will of God. The first thing that an individual ought to give, pour out and give to God is self. The fact is, until you do that, until you're willing to pour out self and surrender self and dedicate self and crucify self, then you're going to have a hard time giving anything else to God. If you can't pour out yourself, you're going to have a hard time of pouring out anything else, your time, your talent, your energy, your money, or anything else will come hard for you. You know the reason? Because you've never poured out self. You're reserving that for yourself. There was a missionary collecting items to carry to a, a neighboring village, and he had drawn a circle in the earth, and he was asking all of the people to come and put things inside that circle that they wanted carried down by canoe down to the village downstream. And they were bringing various items that they could spare. And there was one little boy who had nothing to give, and finally he stepped inside the circle and said, I have nothing to give but myself. I'll go and help you. Well, what he did is he gave the most important thing. And the most important thing that you can do is to pour out yourself to God. Isn't that what Jesus meant in Matthew, the 16th chapter, in verse 24? When Jesus said, if any 
man will come after me. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Until you do that, you can't really follow Jesus. Until you deny self, until you empty self, you cannot follow Jesus. You know, someone said that inside every person that there is a throne. And you either have self on that throne of your heart or you have Christ. What we need to do is to dethrone self. And we need to put Jesus Christ on the throne of our heart. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to give yourself to God? You do that when you believe in Jesus with all of your heart. And when you're willing to turn away from sin in your life to repent as Jesus taught in Luke 13 and verse 3, where he said, I tell you, neighbor, except you repent, you shall likewise perish. And also you must be willing to confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. You surrender yourself when you're baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. It was the day of Pentecost, and the people had asked, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And, and Peter answered by saying, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. A man is never more surrendered than when he allows a person to take him and to immerse him under the water. You're never more surrendered than in a time like that. But are you willing to do that? Are you willing to pour out yourself and believe in Jesus? Because unless you believe in Christ, you'll die in your sins, John 8, 24. Are you willing to repent of your sins? Turn away from the sin in your life? Are you willing to say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God? And then will you be baptized into Christ that your sins be washed away? Somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, I'm willing to do that. But when it comes to giving things of a material nature, I have so little to give. Well, think about what this woman had. All she had was just a little jar of oil. But you need to know that God can take the little that you have and God can do something great with it. He took a rod in the hand of a stammering Moses and he parted the waters of the Red Sea. He took the lunch of a little lad and he fed the multitude. You see, the Lord can take something that is small, something that is little, and God can do something great with it. Well, let's look at something else about this widow, and, and that is the plan. The plan was, if you'll notice in verse number 3, to go borrow vessels, not a few, get as many as you can, bring them home, and you take your jar of oil, and you start pouring your jar of oil over into those vessels. Well, that, does that seem logical to you? You say all that you'd have in the vessels is the amount that's in the little jar of oil. And we have no way of knowing how big her pot was or her little jar was. 
But, but it seems to me that it would have been of a very modest amount in that little jar. But as she began to pour into vessel number one, the oil just kept coming out and she filled it up. So she comes to vessel number two, she keeps pouring it out and it fills it up. She keeps pouring oil out of her vessel into the other vessels until she has filled up every vessel that's in the room. And then she turns to her son and she said, I want you to go and get some more vessels. And he said, there's not another one. While he had barred every vessel that was available in the community. And so she was told, what you need to do now is you need to take the oil that you have, you go sell that oil, you pay your debt, and then you can live on what you have left over. She had been blessed. She poured out what she had. She got down to the bottom of the barrel. She got down to the bottom of the pot, and it is when we get down to the bottom of the pot that God begins to pour out his blessings. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been down to the last straw? Have you ever been to the point you didn't know where your next meal may be coming from? I remember when I was in, still in college and, and uh, studying to, to be a gospel preacher, that one week my wife and I got down to one jar of beans. This was a jar of beans that one of my aunts had canned from her garden. And she prepared that jar of beans and she put them on the table and, and I tried to thank the Lord for them. I, I couldn't pray. I'll have to confess, I couldn't pray for laughing. I think I was laughing to keep from crying because that was it. That was the last jar of beans. But do you know God blessed us? And God has blessed us over the years in so many ways that I couldn't begin to tell you today how God has blessed us. He's blessed us with three wonderful children, with grandchildren. He's blessed us with the ability to, to preach the gospel, opportunities to preach the gospel. Oh, how good God is. But you may be down to the bottom right now. I may be speaking to someone right now. From a, from a material point of view, you don't know where to turn. You say, Brother Lambert, I'm there. I'm devastated. I have nowhere to go. I don't know what to do. Well, you pour out yourself. And you dedicate yourself to God. And God's going to bless you. That's what Jesus promised in Matthew, the 6th chapter, and in verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm not being arrogant, but I'm telling you I believe this with all of my heart, first of all, because the Bible teaches it, and secondly, because I have seen it in my own life and in the lives of other people. That when you give what you have to God, first of all yourself, God will take it and do something great. Right after one of the hurricanes in our area, Katrina, we had evacuees staying in our building. There was a man who was brought to our building for shelter. 
by the police. Not because he was in trouble, because he needed a place to stay. We gave him shelter. He had nothing, nothing except the clothes on his back. We began to study with this man. He obeyed the gospel. He became a New Testament Christian. Today has a home, has a car, has a job. You think that's an accident? I don't. When you give yourself to God, the Bible teaches that God will bless you. That's taught in the Old Testament in Malachi 3.10. Bring you all of the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Herewith saith the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out you a blessing there, there so great there shall not be room enough to receive it. And in the New Testament, Jesus said, Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into your bosoms? God will bless you. You just take the little jar of oil that you have, pour it out for God, and God is going to take it, and He'll do something great with it. Do believe that. I'd urge you today to become a Christian, to give yourself, surrender, commit, dedicate, consecrate yourself to God. And you do that by believing in Jesus, repenting of sin, confessing faith in Christ, by being baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you live that committed life, that surrendered life until death. And Jesus promised you a crown of life, Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. It's not easy for people who want to be in control to do that. It's not easy for people who are stuck on themselves to do that. It's not easy for people who think that the, the whole universe revolves around them to do that. But what you need is to give yourself on bended knee, bended heart and bended head to the Lord Jesus Christ. Pour it out. Give yourself to Him. And my friend, if you were to live another 50 years, you would never, ever regret it. I promise you. But more importantly, God has promised you. I want to urge each of you watching now to pick up the telephone and call right now for the Bible course. Won't you do it until we meet again? May the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 
If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.